0: And welcome to the Les Represent Podcast, the podcast about everything lesbian and lady loving queer. Today, I have a super special guest and I'm going to let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, everybody. It's your favorite uh, author, Alicia Sophia. I am on the podcast coming to you from Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm going to be talking about my book, 143, which maybe some of you know about. I'm hoping that more of you know about it. Um, As you know, that it's about love, loss, and other catastrophes. It is my debut novel. Um, I could boast about it and say that it was on the LGBTQ bestseller list for 31 consecutive days. That's really impressive. Yes. 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 I've been working my ass off for this. So it's not like I'm just saying, oh, well, my book came out and it's been on this bestseller list. But um, I signed with my publishing company in um, it was actually last Easter. And ever since then, I've been marketing and networking my ass off. Um, it started off small where I like I did this whole plan where I joined groups and I got everybody excited for it.
0: I think people are going to really enjoy hearing this because like do, finishing a book is hard. <laughs> finishing a book. It's super hard. I have yet to be able to do it. And you know what? It's the ability to see it through, which makes you already a better writer than have most people that say that they love to write. Um,
1: you can, if, if I can finish a book because I can barely finish the sentence, you can finish a book. It's it's
0: Absolutely just like...
1: Absolutely encouraging. Seriously. You just need to like sit down and just be like, I'm going to finish this fucking thing if it's the last thing I do. Oh, like, God, I'm going to die first. <laughs> well, right now, I'm starting my second book, which is called Swan Dive. Um, 143 is a standalone book, which has angered many people because... Of the way it ends. I've had many, many women and other folks message me saying, What the fuck? Are you serious? This is the way it ends. And I'm like, Sorry, not sorry. Fantastic. Or, Or they're like, This is it. And I'm like, Yes, this is it. And they're like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, Again, they're just like, Why can't you just write more? And this is the part that makes me sound like almost crazy to say this out loud, but I'm like, the characters stop talking to me, which is a lot of what writing is. It's channeling these characters, which is, yeah, like saying it out loud. I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to think I'm hearing voices, but that's what, that's what writing is, is that I create these characters and they become real people to me. And I'm like, okay, tell me your, your story. And so I feel like
0: we've already spoiled the book almost, because you've almost already told us that it has like an obscure, possibly bad ending. Perhaps we should go over the rest of the book? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, let's not just continue missing. It had an ending that pissed a lot of people.
1: <laughs> well, maybe they're going to be like, okay, well, now I have to read this to find out what, how the hell it ended, because now I'm curious. Right. (laughs) So it starts off with this girl named Cam, and she's basically, she's in this relationship, and she's in her late 20s, and she has no idea who the hell she is. And she's basically lived her life by everyone's rules. And she gets to the point where she's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to live my life for me.
0: And that that's what she
1: place. that's what she does. So it's like a late in life coming of age novel where she goes out and does her own life and she like makes the mistakes that you make in like when you're in college early, like when you're in early twenties, she does this in her late twenties. And it's like a spiral, she spirals down the rabbit hole, so to speak. So the tagline is love loss and other catastrophes um, getting lost and finding yourself along the way. So that's the basic gist of one, four, three. That's good though.
0: That's good to, hear. Yeah, that's kind of, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people would identify with that because it's like a reoccurring joke you see online about um, especially queer people that they only start reliving their teen years that they, would have had if they weren't in the closet after they've come out when they're like later in adult life.
1: Yeah, it's we touched on this. You sent me those inter- interview questions. Mm-hmm. And you, you asked me whenever I first realized I was queer. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I use the term queer because I feel like that's a very broad spectrum because i don't feel like i fit into anybody's box like i don't mm-hmm. i'm a i'm a rebel like i don't want to fit into your identity box like i Absolutely. I love everybody. I've dated everybody. Like i I don't That's good though.
0: That's good that you know yourself how you know yes. we don't we don't really accept ourselves for such a long time and when we do we feel like we have so much catching up to do because we don't have the life that every other else has we didn't we didn't explore things because we were too busy hiding from ourselves so we go yes. through those exploration okay. years later on in life
1: yes okay so I knew that like deep down I was queer like my I grew up with my brother who is eight years older than me and I was playing baseball with him and his friends in the backyard and they were all running around shirtless so I'm like well I'm gonna be running around shirtless and like they were peeing on things so I'm like "Well, naturally I wanted to pee on things
0: How did that because work I'm like
1: well it didn't <laughs> duh.
0: I mean, that's the one thing I'm envious about, because I would love to be able to, like, pee wherever I want and not have to have the problems. But, you know, at the same time, you can't do that in public.
1: No, no. Plus, I was, like, six. Right. So my mom would, like, holler out the kitchen window, Alicia, you put your shirt on, you're a little girl. And I'm like, Mom, I am not. I'm a boy. Uh, And, yeah. And so it started, like... I wanted to be a boy when I grew up for no other reason but because I wanted to run around shirtless and pee on things.
0: Sound that's a, a sound
1: reasoning, right? And then um, in maybe third grade, fourth grade, there was this uh, student teacher I had, and she always wore this like button-up white uh, satin shirt. That should be against the rules. (laughs) And she would always lean down and help me. And she had this white lacy bra. And I'm like, that is very. I like that. I don't know why I like that, but I like that. I mean, sometimes we just like what we
0: like, but that's like.
1: And then it's. That is the time when you know. (laughs) Yeah. And then my mom would buy like cosmopolitan magazines and Vogue magazines. And. Like those kind of magazines, and there would be like half naked ladies in these magazines, and I'd like hide under the the uh, the living room tables, and I'd read these magazines or flip through the pictures, and I'm like, huh, ah, there's naked ladies in these, and half naked ladies, and I'd be like, ha, ah,
0: I wonder why I, there's half naked ladies in those, because those are the demographic for those is generally
1: straight women, so they were like showing off like these dresses and not not like half naked but like they would show off the dresses and like off the shoulders and cleavage showing and i I'd, I'd be like yeah i can i can mess with this like i i like this and i had a barbie dream house and ken was not allowed in my barbie dream house that's hilarious and all of my barbies i'd cut their hair short and only barbie were allowed in my dream house and it was like all these things and I'm like why didn't anybody be like hey Alicia <laughs> by the way <laughs> you're probably gay <laughs> PS you're probably gay um that's hilarious but then, yeah and I came out like finally when I was fourteen and my mom was all like you are not we're never talking about this again Aww. And then, um, so I'm like, okay, well, that's that's cool. And then I tried to do the whole straight thing, and I had a kid, which was awesome, because I'm like, I want a baby. And so I had a baby, and she's the love of my life. Aw, that's so cute. Yes. <clears throat> and her dad is my best friend. That's and, even better. And he's gay. What? What? Yes. What?
0: What? I mean, that's fantastic for both of you. God, I bet that makes a really interesting conversation at student teacher night.
1: Yes, it is. It is fantastic.
0: Does he live in the same town or does he live somewhere
1: else? He lives in Pittsburgh.
0: I don't know geography worth a damn. Is that the same state as you? Yes, so it's two
1: and a half hours away. Okay, so so that's not too bad. Yeah, so Abby's like, well, my mom, yeah, it's it's yeah it's fantastic cuz abby's like whatever like and she'll tell people like it's not even a a thing like whenever she was small it was like well my mom likes girls and my dad likes boys and they'd be like oh, okay like but she wasn't fantastic. even yeah See, and they
0: i hate it when people are like you got to spare the children from it you don't need to spare the children the children are fine
1: yeah and and abby's been cool with it since it, like I told her and she was like, okay, can I have a a cupcake now? Like, can, <laughs> like, like, I don't care. Like, it was like, whenever I told her how babies were made, she was like, oh, okay, can we go play now? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. She was like, okay. I'm like, that, that was simple. <laughs> it's so, I don't get it. I don't get why parents
0: are like, I don't know what I'm going to tell my kid. And I'm just like, it's not a hard conversation.
1: You like, just tell them the anatomy and yeah, you for just the, tell them the facts. For the longest time, she was like boys have penises and girls have angina. Oh my and god. And I'm like not angina, vaginas. She was like, "Yeah, angina." And I'm like, "You know what? We're just going to go with this." Cause <laughs> that's cool.
0: Kids are so charming.
1: Yeah. So, it's just um yeah and then so everybody was like okay so alicia's just doing her thing and i had a lot of like secret girlfriends which is where the 143 came from
0: mm-hmm. oh wait 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 you're gonna you're gonna have to explain this yeah did so...
1: you have
0: 1413 girl or 31 girlfriends is that what this is like? no okay i was about to say because that's like a record <laughs>
1: That is like the L word record, like Shane record. No, my God, that would be like insane. No. Um, So when I was 26, I was living with my mom because I was a single mom and um, I wasn't going to come out to my mom again. Hi, my daughter just walked in the room. She was like, oh, hi, you're talking about me. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hi. Um, so I was living with my mom and I had her girlfriend and she lived far away. Mm-hmm. And so whenever, um, we were on the phone and we got off the phone, I would tell her one, four, three, because back in the old days, I was told that one, four, three in pager code was, I love you.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I'm not old enough for this conversation. I hate to say it. <laughs> I actually, you know, I can't say that there were pagers back when I was younger, but I was not allowed to have one. So I missed pager culture completely. Like I wasn't allowed to do anything. So I missed all of that. And I feel sad because like everyone else like you remember pagers and I was like, I
1: wasn't allowed to have one. (laughs) Well, I never had a pager. I just um, there was that plain white tea song that was like one thing two, do three words for you. Oh, my God. What? And that's, yeah, I Love You. What? Yeah. (laughs) I never got that. I never, there has to be a
0: book out there somewhere about pager culture, but it probably is so antiquated that no one's, it's not out there. It's not easy to find. And I'm like, no, because it's just like, why can't we bring that back? It's perfect for the, it's perfect for the, Introvert person in all of us. That we just don't want to talk to people. Hit my pager. My cell phone's off. Self-care. Well, it'll be great.
1: They made texting. <laughs> <Something>. No. Because <laughs> no, it... people still call. Darn it.
0: All right. So I would love to ask you more about pager culture. But this is not what this is about. <laughs> and I should stop. I should stop like. awing over inadequate technology but i don't think i will continue so so
1: one four three crap i already messed it up (laughs) so there was that plain white tea song the Mm -hmm. the one thing to do four things i love you so that was our song and then i'm like one one four three the one word the I, and the love, and the and the you, and I'm like, oh, I love you, and then somebody was all like, yeah, that's pager code, and I'm like, well, hot damn. I don't
0: and understand then, how people communicated through pagers. I'm sorry. Continue.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I'm like, what the hell? Just like, yeah, so that's how it started, was we would tell each other one, four, three, because I was I was 26 and I was still scared of my mom and um, I'm not going to lie to this day. I'm still kind of scared of my mom.
0: It's, it's understandable. Um, <clears throat>
1: um, I'm like 34 and I'm still kind of scared of my mom. I mean,
0: that's um,
1: understandable. So, which is why I'm really glad I have a daughter because I can have the relationship with her that I've never had with my mom. So I'm living vicariously through her. With me, it's, it's bizarre. Um, it's
0: good. It's a real good thing you're doing now.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's how 143 started, was with that idea. And then the last time that girl and I chatted, um, I sat down with my computer. I listened to an Adele song, Someone Like You, for six hours on repeat.
0: That sounds very... Uh, understandable as well
1: <laughs> I cried and I wrote 143 and I started it and then it. I like sat on it and I not like literally sat on it but like I forgot about it and then I looked at it and then I wrote more and then June 30th of 2016 at 11 I think it was like eleven thirty-seven. i Jesus finished christ. it christ you know yeah. the exact time when you finish i this. do it's it's like it's like whenever my kid was born it was like i remember it it was it's like that yeah like it was yeah june 30th i finished my book
0: i can't even remember
1: um, anything it's just Whoa. like one of those those things. It's like I looked at my book and I wrote the, the last thing and I just stared at, at it and I got up and I'm like I finished my book and I went outside and I had a cigarette and I'm like I just finished my book. <laughs> ever since I was eight years old I wanted to be a writer. Wow.
0: Oh.
1: Tell so us how the was... editing
0: adventure
1: went. <laughs> 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 yeah, I apologize. That, we can skip that. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, my editor is is an amazing human being. Um, my publisher is actually a woman owned and operated. We have our production uh, manager. His name's Dusty. He we call him Pooh Bear because he's just this big, comfy, oh cozy guy. Yeah, and he makes things look um, look amazing like, visually. Like, my book cover is amazing. Um, Yeah. But it's um, like, a woman started it, and it's just amazing that it's Mandy and Emma, and that's Red So I worked with Emma, the editor, all summer long to get my book to where it is now, and let me tell you, I have never sworn that much in my entire life, <laughs> not at like, not at Emma because she was helping me, but just at like the world, I'm like the world. I'm like, what the, and I just said every word known just, oh, <gasps> and now that I'm writing the next one, I'm like typing it. And then I'm like, nope, she's going to edit that. She's going to edit that. We're gonna and I think that's what's taking me so long to write it is that I'm editing it while I'm writing. It's a learning process. And I'm like, I just need to write it. And then she can chop it up in tiny little pieces later. But oh oh my God. It was the like longest three months of my life. I'm getting my um my author copies next week. Oh fantastic. Yes. And I've been waiting for this moment for twenty six years. What are you gonna like, do once you get it? I'm doing a um like how people do newborn baby photo shoots.
0: Oh my god, yes.
1: I'm doing a newborn baby photo shoot with my book.
0: That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I have to see those pictures.
1: I have a um I have a car seat from um My daughter was really into, like, baby dolls, so she has, like, a baby car seat, like, an actual baby car seat. She has a pack-and-play still from whenever she had baby dolls. Like, we have receiving blankets. We have the whole thing.
0: hilarious. Yes. I I love it. That's hilarious.
1: It's going to be fantastic. Like, there's baby bottles. Like, I
0: cannot wait. That's so freaking funny. I love it when people are creative with their with their stuff. Like it's it's gonna show. It's gonna show that you really love it and that you know this it's it's your first it's amazing.
1: God it's I love clever look. ideas. I love yeah. clever ideas. I mean it's it's and um my dad has been the most supportive human being in my entire life about this. Like he's always it's wonderful. Yeah. So um I dedicated my book to him, actually. <gasps> so yeah, nice. And um, so he's definitely getting the first copy. And I, I, I wish I was there to watch him open it and just like, I'm like, I hope there are tears, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there better be tears.
0: I mean, from what you've described the beginning, the end of your book, there might already be tears.
1: Yeah, but it's it's the, the, the most surrealist um, experience I've ever had. Like people are making fan art of me. Holy crap! I have I have a sweatshirt with my face on it. Whoa, that yes. is pretty surreal. But that's interesting and at parties. It's just <laughs> the best part is whenever like like I wear the sweatshirt everywhere. And people, like, look at my sweatshirt, and they look at me, and they look at the sweatshirt again, and they look at me, and they have the weirdest, like, is that girl wearing her face on her sweatshirt? (laughs) And I'm like, you're damn right I'm wearing my face on my sweatshirt. Like, just wait until summertime. I'm going to have my face on a t-shirt.
0: That's hilarious. That's has that's has to be one heck of a conversation starter.
1: It is. And only, like... Like a few people have said, are you wearing yourself? And I'm like, yes, yes I am, because this is my book title. Because this really cool kid took the time to draw me and put my face on stuff. So naturally, I'm going to support him and his art. And um...
0: see, that's a whole different that's a whole different uh, reaction that what people would be expecting.
1: Dan. Yes. <laughs> They're, they're like, oh, oh. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not an asshole that just likes to wear myself. I mean, um, some people need that kind of self-love. <laughs> yes.
0: Like, just an ounce of that would be fine. <laughs> you
1: know, people actually, yeah. So it's just, yeah, like, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm waiting for somebody to wake me up from this dream. Like, I'm waiting for somebody to like smack me with a brick and for me to like wake up from two years ago. Like I I was in a really, really bad marriage um in two thousand and what it's two thousand and nineteen. Yes? Yes. Um I left my wife in two thousand and seventeen and it was an awful, awful situation. And I tried to commit suicide Ooh. yes and so I didn't ever think I would come back from that like I dug myself out from hell like dug myself out, out of hell and I still like if you told me back then that I would be where I am right now I would have like laughed in your face flicked you off laughed some more and then just cried because I would have not believed you and then said like why would you even tell me that because that would never ever happen and it's, it's happening like holy shit it's happening well I'm glad you're still here me too me <laughs> too <laughs> me too
0: so that's, that is really remarkable it's thank you for sharing that though
1: yeah, I, it's just struggling with, with mental illness on a daily basis is, it's, in, it's intense. So um, I actually started this project, which I am hoping to focus more of my attention on after my third book, because my plan is to get everyone's attention after book three, to where I can focus all of my attention on the 143 project, which is <clears throat> um, queers with mental illness helping other queers with mental illness. And um, my, the whole idea of it is called Strength in Numbers. And, um, cause it's one, four, three after my book and it's strength in numbers. So you, nobody is ever alone. Um, my ex Jay, she walked in front of a train in 2014. Wow. So I'm all about preventing suicide, which is ironic because I try to kill myself, but I think everything happens for a reason. And that's my entire like life that everything happens for a reason, re- like a reason, and um, I think I'm still here for that reason, that I'm supposed to write books and help people. And um, the 143 Project is um, it's to make sure that nobody is ever alone, that if, like, if somebody in Melbourne, Australia needs somebody to talk to there's a, there's like a 16 hour time difference. So um, if it's like 3am there, it would be like 6pm in Pennsylvania. And they're like, Hey, do you have time to chat? I really need somebody. They could message me and i would be like, heck yeah, talk to me. And I could be like, yeah, I know what that's like. Or um, let me talk to you through your anxiety attack or just things like that. So it's becoming like a global movement. I'm trying to make it a global movement so that nobody is alone any time that they need to talk to somebody. So whenever I'm done writing books, (laughs) I wanna focus all of my time and energy on helping people with mental illness, especially queers with mental illness because being queer is hard enough sometimes, but adding this mental illness shit, I, come on. Like we need all the help we can get. So that's that's my plan.
0: That's fantastic. That's that's a big goal, but it's like so it's something that definitely is needed.
1: Yeah. That's that's my plan. I just want to help people. <laughs> Like how
0: do you even, how do you even begin to put that together? Like I, I just don't know.
1: It just starts off with I don't know. I just had this idea one day because um, I started. So I started marketing my book. I started talking about this. I started marketing my book, and I was reaching out to like these authors and these poets and everybody. And I'm like, hey, I'm just starting out. Do you have tips or tricks on how I can um, get my name out there? And they all ignored me. And I'm like, okay, so if I ever become something or anybody in the writing world, I'm going to make myself available to anybody and everyone that wants to say hi. And it's exactly what I did. I have my messenger on all of the time. I have my Twitter on all of the time. I am literally on social media all of the time. Um, <clears throat> so that's how I started marketing myself. I joined groups. I met people. I made connections. And I call everybody my tribe. And I started to get to know pe- people and not like, not to, like, sell my book, because my book really wasn't a thing. Like, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing, if that makes sense. It was in, like, the infant stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want, like, I'm like, hey, I wrote, wrote a book. It's just, like, hanging out in a file somewhere, but I want to, like, get to know everybody, and I did, and um, I realized that a lot of people needed somebody to just listen. So I became that person. Like, I realized that some people just need somebody to give a shit. And I'm like, well, I generally give a shit. I am, I call myself the nicest asshole in the world. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, So that's how basically it started. I just, I'm like, okay, so there's a need for, for this, for people to go, or people to have somebody to talk to, to listen to them, and um, so they're my tribe, like, I, I feel like I'm their mom, like, some of them are, like, um, they'll text me, or they're, like, hey, do you have a minute, can I, like, do you have a, an ear, or can you text real quick and I'm like, yeah, sure. Or I'm like, just text me and ramble on and I'll message back when I can. And they'll do that. And you've built your own community basically. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a community all around strength and numbers because I've learned with mental illness that the more you talk about it and the more people that know about it, the less it's going to win. Good. Strength strengthen numbers. The one four three project. It's all like it was like meant to be, which is what I'm hoping. So, I hope it works That's out. That's my story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I definitely hope it works out for you. So, you're working on your second book now. Do you like what's the second book about? Since you said it wasn't really, you said it was different than your first.
1: It is. It. Um, it's about mental health, actually. Um, it's as close to home to as a novel as I'm going to get to me on a personal basis, which is another reason I think it's challenging for me to write because it's so personal for me. Um, I'm writing about a lot of my demons. I'm writing about the trauma that I've experienced. Um, so it's more cathartic for me. At the moment, because I'm in therapy right now and I'm working through all of this stuff. And um, so it's going to be much darker than 143, but it's called Swan Dive. So it's still going to have the same style as 143, but with a hint of Emily Dickinson, Sylvia Plath, and Virginia Woolf dark style.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So let's talk a little more about your past because you have a lot going on right now currently and you, you have a big mission ahead of you Uh, and good luck with everything. Like seriously, thank you. I mean, you finished a book. I'm sure you can, you can see this through because God, I need some motivation to finish anything in my life.
1: (laughs) Well, I will kick you in the butt if you need it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, as I'm slacking on my second novel. I mean, you have a lot you're working through. I mean, if it takes a little bit longer
0: to make it that much better, I mean,
1: go for it. i passed two deadlines, and I'm all like, whatever.
0: Deadlines, gosh, I don't even, I can't even function with those. It's like, actually, those are the only ways I get anything done. But, but let's talk about the first time you realized queer
1: is a thing. Um... Let me think. Queer is a thing. I have these interview questions somewhere. I forget what I told you.
0: Um, it doesn't have to be the exact same. It's just whatever resonates within you. Because it's just... It's it's a very important question, I feel like. Because it's very revealing
1: how people first become aware of queer people. I... um I moved to California whenever I was 18, like, I graduated high school in 2003, in June, and then I'm like, mom, I'm moving to California, and she's like, California, Pennsylvania, and I'm like, no, like Sacramento, California, and she was like, oh, okay, so I packed a bag, I moved to California with my friend Jay, so Jay slash Chloe, I call her Jay, Um, We lived in California for a bit. And um, California is the complete opposite of Pennsylvania. Like, it's just, oh, oh my gosh. Like, we flew into San Francisco, and I, like, rode the escalator up on Market Street. And I was like, holy shit. There, like, the, the skyscrapers and the people... And I saw two girls holding hands and I saw like guys in leather and I'm getting chills just talking about it. (laughs) And everyone was like so free and they were open and they didn't give a shit. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is how it should be. And I'm like, this is, this is what I need in my life. And I, I'm like, this is, this is amazing Like, I've been hiding behind this, um, behind this mask for so long. Like, when I was a teenager, like, I knew I was gay. I knew it. And then it was just right in my face. And I'm like, all all right, well, I'm going to hop on this bandwagon because I can now, finally, because my mom is way across the country within, like, the next few weeks, I had my head shaved, I had my septum pierced.
0: I don't even know what that is. Um,
1: I, it, the ring, in, like, in the middle of your nose. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And, um, no, it was just, like, <laughs> I went from cute little suburban girl to full-on, like, butch dyke in the matter of, like, three weeks. I mean. It was, like, it was Ew. like Yeah. It was like I went from I went from not being queer at all to like I just hopped right into the to the queer pool feet first. I'm like, okay, so it's okay to be gay here because I'm gonna just dive right in.
0: I bet that was a fantastic experience.
1: It felt so good. It was like I took like I was wearing these soaking wet clothes. And I finally took them off. Like I was, I was like, oh, like I was shedding the skin. And I'm like, I can finally breathe. And I just, I felt comfortable with myself for the first time in ever, like physically. And I'm like, oh, look, I'm finally myself now. That's And beautiful it just like out, outwardly appearance and like, I just felt free for the first time because I was never allowed to have crazy hair or I could never dress a certain way without my mom saying well you can't look like that and you can't look like that so like I said within the first three weeks I finally looked how I felt and I like nobody gave a shit (laughs) and I'm like oh hey I look like every other queer person in California, but I didn't give a shit like at all, because I just felt like I was home and I belonged somewhere.
0: That's fantastic to hear. So yeah, so that's like a big that that is a big leap. Um, wow, that must have been a hell of a journey to go through all of that. And
1: then it was amazing.
0: And then at some point, you had to go back to Pennsylvania.
1: Yes, I, um, life story is insane. In 2006, I decided that using crystal meth was a good idea. Oh, boy. Yes, and for the entire year of 2006, that I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to try it once. Well, um, once lead it to twice, and twice lead it leded. Leaded? Wow. People pay me to write words. That's why they pay <laughs> an editor. <laughs> it led into, um... Yeah, I was told that if I don't leave California, that I was gonna die there. So I hopped on a plane. I detoxed, flying across the country. Within, I was I was with my daughter's dad at that point, and I'm like, oh, oh, going back home. Gotta gotta put the straight pants on now. So um, were you
0: guys separated when your daughter was born, or was she in California with you, or did you have her when nope. you went back?
1: No, um, I actually. Got sober. Like mm-hmm. I cleaned up my act. Um, November twenty first. I got pregnant with her. December seventh, two thousand seven. And I think that was a, a sign. I guess, because I'm I'm like all about things happening for a reason and signs and, and I'm like oh well that's a definite sign. I got my Abby and I've been super mom ever since.
0: Interesting how you met um her father and he happened to be gay, like how did that work out like how how do you run into people like that? I guess is the question
1: well we we met when we were in college because I studied creative writing in college, and we were we considered each other like before did you guys know you were both gay It was more like a I was like in college, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna try everything and anything. Because, oh, I mean, why not? I knew that I really liked girls. And, it's like, I wanted to go home with a girl. But I, whatever. Seemed like a woman of opportunity. Yes, yes. Um, and I lived with her dad. And he was basically the same way. He was all like, well, um, yeah. It was a very weird, dynamic relationship. It's really hard to explain, but it was like we were both like, we, we both knew that we generally liked the same sex, but we were also exploring. Like, we had, we called it our, our sex escapade years. Oh my gosh. Just exploring and having fun. And
0: I mean, it all worked out well back, in the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, wow, I did some really crazy stuff in college and had a lot of fun doing it. And now I have crazy material to write about, which is, I mean, it works out. I had my fun between 17 and 21 because I'm definitely a boring, lame-ass now. Like, I don't go out. I don't go to clubs. I don't go to bars. I'm just... I mean, but you're happy, I'm in mom mode. Yeah, I'm in mom mode. Like, I've been in mom mode since she was born.
0: I mean, that's (laughs) good, though. I mean, as long as you're happy. Yeah. Who cares if it's a boring life? I live on a ranch with horses.
1: You know what's what's up, yeah. Exactly.
0: Like I, I say ranch, it's like at It's small. We're not. We're not like we ain't got no money. We horse. Okay. So next question. Uh, we have a segment called the guest to guest question, where my guest from the last podcast asked my guest from this podcast a question. Her question. Okay. I think you're going to have a fantastic answer for this. Okay. Uh, Diana's question was, "What was." the funniest situation you've ever had to come out in. Like, come out as in like, reveal that you're gay. Or queer, pardon me.
1: Oh geez, Um, oh my, I don't even know. The funniest situation? Yes, whether it be
0: humorous or I guess just downright strange. The other way that we use the word funny without actually it being funny, I don't know.
1: I'd have to think about this. I
0: know. I never warn people. Take your time, though.
1: <laughs> I feel like there needs to be like jeopardy music, because <laughs> like I'm, I'm so like people call me like the one woman gay pride parade because oh I just look so yeah. So I'm like I'm gay, and they're like, no, really? Mm. I am shocked. <laughs> like, um.
0: So I have a funny story about the time that I came out, but it was yeah. after I came out. Cause you know, you come out to so many different people all the freaking time. Yeah. So, once upon a time, I, I had, mm-hmm. it was, I was in college. I had just finally come out. I had told some of the high school friends that I had, that I still had, that I was, that I was gay. And it was like all fine and dandy. And I was like, well, well I'm going to be back in town. Why don't we hang out? And she was like, sure. And my sister, she was going through her wild phase at the time. And she was like, hey, come to this party I'm having. And I was like, oh, well, I'm hanging out with my friend. And she's like, well, just bring her. And I was like, okay. What my sister did not tell me is that this was not a drinking party. This was not a let's have fun party. This was a sex toy party. It was like a party, like, you know, Tupperware parties, they have them for sex toys now, where you go and some lady explains them, you have fun games, and then at the end of the night, you like, order something. It's really bizarre, and I don't know, at one point in our culture, we decided that this was okay. (laughs) Anyway, so my sister, not telling me this was a sex party, and me taking my friend, who just found out I was gay. She just found out I was gay. And I'm taking her to this party where literally all the women around her are just he- holding dildos.
1: And oh, that's a handful. <laughs>
0: exactly. And I was like, oh. I promise you, I did not know this was happening. But luckily, she took it really well. And we just, we sat there and had kind of a fun time and freaked out at the size of these dildos. Because why? And, <laughs> and you know, it just, it <laughs> ended up working out well in the end. Like, she ended up, you know, buying some Chapstick that makes her mouth feel really weird, and I got some weird elastic duct tape because that looked like fun. Um, <laughs> elastic duct tape. I, it stuck to itself, it didn't stick to anything else. It was really strange. <laughs> huh. um, and you know, it's just luckily we're still friends, and that did not go really, really badly. <laughs> so just weird elastic duct tape, just you know. Tell people when you're inviting them to those kind of parties, please. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, not nobody wants a surprise sex party. I mean, it wasn't even like a sex party, it was just toys. Like,
0: everyone there was literally a straight woman. So it was like I was the only lesbian sitting in the
1: room with a bunch of women holding dildos, and I was very uncomfortable. I wouldn't even know what to do if I walked into a room with everybody holding a dildo. I'd be like, uh, dude, uh, well, and I would just think of like puns. I'm like, well, are we just dicking around? Or that's hilarious. I wish I was that clever because I... I was
0: just I was too busy being freaked out <laughs> and mortified by this.
1: It was it was really bad timing. <laughs> I would just pun it up. Okay, so you said party, and this made me think of it. How oh, fantastic! So, yes. So when I lived in California, I worked in the college because I got. Um, I was a creative writing major, big shocker there. So I worked in the media center, which is basically a fancy way of saying the computer lab. Mm -hmm. And my boss was this middle, like I was 19 and he was in his like late thirties and it was Halloween and I like to consume alcohol illegally at the age of 19 And, um, so I, uh, consumed a quite a bit amount of alcohol and I left my house unattended. So I walked down the street to this party because I lived in Midtown Sacramento, which is like the, the hip part of Sacramento. It's called the grid. So it's like. Ellen 17 and, um, 27th and O, which is where I lived. And it's like numbers and letters. So I walk to this party and everyone there was drinking and I'm walking up these steps drunk as hell. And I see this girl with dreadlocks and I'm like, wow, she's really fucking hot. So I start talking to her and, um, she ends up sitting in my lap and we start making out and I'm like, all right, this is, this is fucking awesome. Cause this is hell fucking. Yeah. Right. This is a hot chick sitting in my lap, making out with me and I'm hell. Yeah. So the weekend happens, I go back to work and um, my boss, Sean, he was all like, yeah, there is a crazy party at my friend's house. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he was like, yeah, um, my, um, my friend was there and she was telling me about this chick that she made out with and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, you don't say. And, um, he was like, yeah, she, uh, she had a shaved head and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And, uh, he was like, yeah. And, uh, I'm like, oh shit. And, He was like, you know, you wouldn't happen to know anything. And I'm like, (laughs) "Mm, nope, nope, not at all. And he was like, I didn't know you You batted for that team. And I'm like, we bat for the same team, buddy. And he was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, Sean, I, I am as gay as the day is long. And he was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, how can you not tell?
0: I mean, you said you're in California. Maybe everyone looks like that. Anyway, I mean,
1: he was like I didn't want to assume things and he was like my he was like I live in that apartment complex cuz it was like this big square and he was like everybody was I'm like, "Oh, you live there." And he was like, "Yes, it was a giant party." And I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, that was it was a good party. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." It was. And I'm like, oh. He was like, I was trying to holler for you. I'm like, I was drunk. He was like, yeah. Everybody was. And I'm like, well, now you know my secret. That's really he was funny. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I came out to my boss. He was, he was making out with his friend with dreadlocks.
0: I mean, did you get? did you meet that friend again? Or was she just like, what's the word? It was
1: just a one-time... I think she uh, found out that I was 19, and it kind of. Oh,
0: yeah, that kind of puts a damper on certain yeah. things. Yeah,
1: yeah, like oh shit, she's she's yeah, 19. She's not old okay. enough for this. No, like she shouldn't even be consuming alcohol. Why is she? Why is she doing this? Okay,
0: that that was a fantastic answer, and I feel you. I've had that happen before. Not so much to getting drunk at parties, but having older women not call me back because I was too young figures I mean I get it. there's a lot that happens in the 20s that some people don't want to sit around for. So what question will you have for
1: my next guest?: What is your favorite gay movie?: Perfect. So is there anything else hmm? you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, I think I think we got it all.:
0: Fantastic. Well, we can wrap this up if you want to. We can tell us where we can find you and you know I'm so very grateful that you came on and wanted to talk to us.
1: Well, thank you for having me, and you can find me all over social media at rebelwriter143. You just type that in, and I will pop up. You can actually Google that, rebelwriter143, and I will be there.
0: So you have, like, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all sorts of things, and you have your own community that you're building. So they're able to find you on any of those platforms
1: twitter instagram and facebook and if you need me i am near 24 7 goodness gracious so yes my phone is always on how how do you sleep if you need me uh very lately sometimes
0: good yes thank you so much for coming to talk to us it's been
1: thank you for having me it's
0: been absolutely fantastic I'm really bad at saying goodbyes. I don't know what, what the what trend is, is lately. Like, why can't
1: I say goodbye to people? Anyway. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Anyway, we shall. I'm really bad
1: at it. <laughs> and, and you have fun. You
0: too. Have fun with your daughter. Uh, Tell her I said hi. Even though she'll be like, who the hell is I, that? I'll be like.
1: That's okay. It's whatever.
0: I'll
1: be like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And oh your first book's already out. And do you have a date for your second book at all? Or is it just no, whenever you get it I, done? it's whenever. Yeah, I think the first book, whenever. I think the second book comes out faster than the first book from what other authors yeah. authors have told to me like once you get it submitted.
1: Yeah, I just really need to finish it and then it will happen. I mean, hey. I'm
0: take your time, you know?
1: I'm hoping to have it like done and then we can do the whole editing nonsense this summer. I mean, you're already And then be on the same schedule like we did um this summer, and it will be out next December, or this December again, so.
0: I mean, that's good. I'll be looking forward to hear the updates about it.
1: All right, well, thank you.
0: Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Bye.
1: Bye.